Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Thank you, instrumentalists. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you're here, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter number 10. If you are home, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter number 10. If you are watching this after the fact, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter number 10. And we've been studying the book of Acts for a long time, a couple of weeks, maybe months. Uh, but we are looking at different topics concerning uh, what the scriptures are teaching. In this chapter alone, we have looked at what it means uh, to have the fear of God. We will still look, 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 look at, take a look at that a little bit more tonight. Um, what it means to have a perfect heart, which is what God looks for, which is one of the principles of the fear of God. And we have looked at other principles of faith and miracles and signs and wonders and the gifts of the Spirit. So we are not just studying only just uh, chapters, we are also studying topics. So if you've missed any of the other Bible studies, and the good thing is that most of them are online for free, uh, you, can, you can pick it up and study with us. And catch up as we studied uh, the books from chapter to chapter. We actually started from the book of St. John. And now we are in Acts chapter number 10. Today I'm going to start reading from verse 34. Uh, if you were with us, we, we started looking at Colinius from verse 1. He was, a, he was a centurion. It's interesting that when some Jews were really not in faith concerning Christ, centurions... We are in faith. The person Jesus commended in Matthew 7 or Matthew 8 concerning great faith was a centurion. The Bible says that he was a centurion and God said, uh, God who is in Christ Jesus said, I have not found in Israel such great faith. So we discover that um, the centurions were, were catching in. And one of the things I really want to say uh, concerning um, uh, today is, is that God, like we read last week, is no respecter of persons. Let's just go ahead and read it from Scripture. We'll read from verse 34, and we'll probably get to the end, and then we'll come back and start studying it. The Bible says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Don't do somebody say, God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. But, he, but in every nation... <clears throat> He that feareth him and walketh righteousness is accepted of him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, his Lord of all. That word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Jerusalem after the baptism which, God, which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. 39. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto weaknesses chosen before of God, even to us, 
who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continue, verse 43. To him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also were poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Hallelujah. Let's go back to verse 34. We are going to start there again. The Bible says here, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. He said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Now, one of the things we want to notice as we are studying this is that before this time, most of the Jews had actually assumed that God was just a God of the Jews, that God loved the Jews and he hated Gentiles. Many still think that way today, that uh, the Jews were peculiar in the sense that God selected them and then all the other nations were ignored or at least despised of God. But that's not what the Bible actually teaches. If you read it, you discover that even in the Old Testament, God dealt with the Gentile nations just as well. However, the Jews were selected not because they were special than other nations, but because God wanted a nation through whom he was going to bring Jesus Christ. And so he selected them by grace, an election of grace, gave them the ordinances of the law so that they can preserve themselves uh, from other from defilement like other nations were doing, and so that through them he can have a righteous, at least close enough to righteousness, where he could bring forth a godly seed uh, in the in in the Son Jesus Christ. But in every nation, and that's what we are reading again. Look at it, verse thirty-five. Let's start from verse thirty-four. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him and walketh righteousness is accepted with him. Now, Paul was not talking about the fact that in every nation, God is now going to start dealing with people. He was saying that generally, now I understand, now I perceive, now I can see that God is no respecter of persons. God is not just the God of the Jews, but of the God of the Gentiles also. That in any nation, everywhere, anywhere, people will fear God and respect Him and do righteousness, walk righteousness, they get accepted. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now this is very key. Because even today, people still assume uh, that God is just the God of the Jews. Now, the Jews are special, not because they were just specially selected, but because eventually, as we study, we'll discover that they actually began to operate by faith. 
It was faith that God honored from the very beginning, from Genesis. God had really never honored people who just obeyed laws as much as people who trusted him, who believed in him. And that's why even in the nations where there was no law, they didn't have the law of Moses, the Bible said the law was written in our hearts. So people who, who, who feared God, who had reverence for righteousness, for what is right, who did the right things, who, 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 who committed themselves to, to, to doing what is proper, they were accepted of God. In the last two weeks, the last two Bible studies, we really spent a little time talking about the fear of God. And I, I spent time on that because I also noticed that, especially in these last days, uh, not much is spoken about the fear of God. Uh, grace is the main theme of this last day of the new covenant, but uh, grace does not annul the fear of God. Grace enables us to do what God would want us to do. We are enabled to live right. The fear of God is not, when the Bible talks about the fear of God, it's not the cringing fear of being destroyed by God. It's the respect of God that enables us to do what is right. We're going to look at a few more scriptures in that wise because I think that's one of the, the things that God uh, would want us to uh, spend some time. We looked at the book of, of uh, Job. Let's go to Job chapter number 28. Hallelujah. Job 28. Do you fear God? Hallelujah. You know, one of the things that the thief, one of the thieves on the cross said to the other one, when that one was saying, if you be Christ, come down, save yourself and save us. The guy was wise enough and said, don't you fear God? And because of that reverence for God, he got saved. He didn't know much about salvation. He didn't know why Jesus was dying on the cross. He just knew that Jesus was a righteous man. And he, he, he had the fear of God enough to say, even though we are thieves, but at least you draw the line. You can't start cursing a righteous man who is dying for something he did not do. Let's just suffer our own and, and leave him alone. It makes a difference. Praise God. It makes a difference. You know, today people don't respect the things of God. Some people talk against the word of God. They talk against ministers of God. They talk about against uh, the laws of God. They ridicule scriptures. Those things are very serious. They are serious. Even if the person doesn't live right, his attitude towards God's word makes a difference. In short, that fear of God is one of the things that the Bible regards as faith. Hallelujah. I'm praying the Holy Ghost helps me translate and help you understand what I'm saying. For example, in the days of, of, the, of, of, of Moses, and okay, even back up to the days of Abraham, the law was not given. There was no, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. But there was a knowledge of good and evil written in the hearts of people. There was a knowledge of the fear of God. And what distinguished people from whether they were living right or not is not because they obeyed some laws or commandments. It's because some people revered certain things. They revered God. For example, 
everybody knew that certain things were wrong. Just adultery, for instance. You don't need the law for someone to tell you adultery is wrong. And so, because of the fear of God, because of the fear, some people will say, of, of, of repercussion and on other things, people would not even get into certain areas, even unbelievers. Praise God. And people who had that kind of reverence for things that are right is a part of the fear of God. Is a part. But some people just don't care. Some people don't care. Uh, we, we hear the story of Joseph. Joseph didn't have the law of Moses. But what happened? The, 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 the master's wife was putting pressure. Sleep with me, sleep with me. But he said, no, no. I fear God and I, I respect my master. He didn't hold anything from me. And I can't do this thing against God. So people who don't even have the law written, there was a reverence for the things of God. That's what the Bible says even today. Sometimes Christians who say they believe, they do things that even unbelievers wouldn't do. Some respect the things of God, unbelievers, than some Christians do. Some would not lie in church. <laughs> they lie everywhere else, but in church they say, no, no, you can't lie, you can't lie to your pastor. But some believers don't care. They can lie in church. They can lie to their man of God. They can lie to their pastors. They're just like, it doesn't matter. It's just a man. And such attitudes sometimes is even more important than trying to obey some simple laws. It's an attitude of the reverence of God, the fear of God, the fear of God. Praise God. And that's what Ananias and Sapphira lacked. They were in church. They thought giving an offering was the big thing. Because other people were doing it. But there was no reverence for God. They brought some money and everybody would have hailed them. Wow, these people brought some good money. Thousands of dollars. They sold the land. They wanted to join the fact that people were, you know, were honoring God. But they lacked the fear of God. They were ready to lie. As if God doesn't matter. Just to have some publicity. Just to be seen as as a contributor. And it's a serious thing that there is no fear of God in people's heart. That there's no reverence for the things of God. They treat the things of God like anybody else. And people think the word of God is just like every other word. It's serious. Let's look at Job chapter number 28. I won't read the whole chapter. We read most of it last time. It's talking about wisdom. Let's start from verse 20. Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? Sin is hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close from the fowl of the air. 22. Destruction and death say we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, he maketh known the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven. To make the weight of the wind, he weighted the waters by measure, and he maketh a degree, decree for the rain, and away for the lightning of the thunder. Then did he see it and declared, he prescribed, prepared it, yea, and searched it out. This is a very key verse, something I learned when I was in high school and has stayed with me all these years. He said, unto, And unto man he declared, or he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. So wisdom 
actually begins when you begin to revere God, fear God, when you defer to Him, when you honor Him, when you respect His Word, not just what you like, but what He says. Let's go back again to Acts chapter number 10. The Bible says here in verse 35, And in every nation, he that feared Him and walketh righteousness is accepted with Him. So there are two things he said here, Peter was speaking, that he discovered that, look, anywhere people fear God and then they walk righteousness, they are accepted of God. This is a New Testament scripture. This is Peter, uh, and we'll see that it's actually a, a principle that flows through the, the whole of the New Testament. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Praise the name of God. So it's important that we understand that the fear of God is... It's a major part of the New Testament. Let's, let's, um, let's look at Proverbs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Proverbs 1, verse 7. Now, this is Bible study. I'm sure you noticed that recently I've spent a lot more time reading scriptures because um, on Sunday I, there's a lot more preaching and teaching, but in, 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 uh, on Wednesdays, I decided that we should spend a little more time looking at scriptures. Write them down. Go back to it. One of the things that people are, uh, one of the problems we have is that sometimes people get just dependent on people's ideas and really don't have scriptures to substantiate what they believe. And so their lives are not balanced like it should. So uh, I'm taking time to bring out some of those scriptures. I want you to write them down. The good thing is that uh, the social media, most of the time, the time they can retain it. So you can pause it and they look at the verses themselves, even if I don't quote them. You need to become acquainted with the Word of God. We studied that one of the responsibilities of kings, which we are in the New Covenant, is that you must know the whole Bible. You must, you must read the whole Bible. Write it out for yourself. Then they only had the New Testament. Now we have the New. They only had the Old Testament. Now we have the Old and the New. The Bible says, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes out of the mouth of God." So every word is important. So you take time to study. Proverbs chapter number one, verse seven. You know, Proverbs is the book that talks about wisdom. It says here, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge." Now, Job says the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. Now, Proverbs is saying the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. So, if you are going to have knowledge, any, any, any right kind of knowledge, it has to start with the fear of God. If you are going to have any wisdom that amounts to anything, like some people say, to any heel of beans, you need to have the fear of God. So, Anyone who thinks he knows and has no fear of God, the Bible says he doesn't know like he should know. In short, the Bible says it is the fool that says in his heart there is no God. He said there is no fear of God in him. So people who act like it doesn't matter what God thinks. There is no fear of God. You know, we, we, we become a lot more vocal concerning Choosing leadership, praise God. One of the things you have to look out for if you're looking for a leader or a president is the fear of God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. What people call dumb-dumb 
It's not what the Bible calls dumb-dumb. The person might be intelligent, but if he regards the word of God as not important, the person is a dumb-dumb because the wisdom of God is not in the person. The Bible says there is the wisdom that comes from above and there's the wisdom that is earthly. So how do they regard the things of God? How do they respect the word of God? How do they relate to the kingdom of God? Do they fear God? Is God number one reason why they do what they do? Is there a reverence for God? These are the things the Bible calls wisdom. This is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts from. Once the person has no reverence for the things of God, the Bible says the person is a big fool. Says a fool. I just added the big. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at Psalm 111, verse 10. Write these verses down. Go back, look at it, and then share it with people. Hallelujah. 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. Praise his praise endure it forever. Somebody say hallelujah. So how do you know the people who have an understanding of the fear of the Lord? They do his commandment. They do what he says. Now, this is very key, and I'm trying to put this thing together. Um, and I hope we don't have to spend all the time here, because this is key, but there's still so much more. Uh, Peter was saying that he, he had perceived that in every nation, which means you could be in Saudi Arabia, in Africa, you could be in Europe, on Asia, anyone who fears God and anyone who does righteousness is accepted by him. And now the Bible is saying that these two go together, that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And anyone who has understanding will do his commandments. So actually what he's saying is that Anyone who fears God will be wise enough to do what God says. So the fear of God and walking righteousness is wisdom and understanding. So if you understand what it means to fear God, you depart from evil. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Proverbs chapter number 9. We'll read verse 10. Proverbs chapter number 9, verse 10. So these verses are things you want to write down. Go back again and look at it. He said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now we're hearing this over and over again. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So wisdom and understanding and knowledge go together. These are three major things the Bible says will help us to succeed. In short, the Bible says if you really want to be rich, you're going to have to have the fear of God. You're going to have to have, which is wisdom, you're going to have to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. These three things is what the books of the book of Proverbs uh, spends a lot of time explaining. Because people without wisdom, without knowledge, and without understanding, even if they have money, the money destroys them. So wealth is not just uh, the zenith for life. There are people who are rich and dumb, and their, their hearts are broken, their lives are in pieces, there's no peace, there's no joy. Because wealth does not really produce joy, 
wealth does not produce peace, but the wisdom of God, the love of God, will produce peace, joy, and wealth. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, one of the reasons why you may you realize that many times the people the Bible calls as wise who fear God, oftentimes they are rich also. Look at a rich young ruler. He came to Jesus and said, what must I do to receive eternal life? Jesus says, so go obey the commandment. He said, I have done so from my youth. That's an indication why he got rich. Look at the centurion. The guy was a rich man. Praise God. And why? Because he feared God. Not all the centurions were rich at that time. Some of them, they may have received salaries, but some of them were not as rich. This man, this man, his colonials brought his whole family and he was able to take good care of them. Everybody respected him. The same one also who said to Jesus, uh, you don't need to come into my house. You know, I used to think the guy was just uh, humble or he just didn't want him to come. Now, if you read this chapter and the chapter after, you begin to understand that's Acts chapter number 10. The reason why is the guy had studied the scriptures and recognized that Jews ought not to enter the house of Gentiles. So it's like, you don't need to break the word coming into my house. Just speak the word. So he was not acting out of inferiority. He was acting out of the fear of God, out of reverence for the word of God. And that's one reason why he got his miracle. Jesus turned around and said, I have no son seen so great faith. The guy knew that I ought not to come into his house because he's a Jew. And Jesus was ready to go, which means that Jesus already knew because he knows all things. That you can't call anyone unclean. Somebody say hallelujah. Yes. You know, many times when we see the, the revelation of Apostle Paul, it looked like it just came with, from Paul. But if you study the life of Jesus, you will discover that everything that Paul brought out in the new covenant, Jesus already started them, indicated them, you know, applied them. Just that the people, he couldn't explain it to them because they couldn't understand it. For example, he was going to the house of the, of, 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 of the centurion, even though, even, even though at that time it was unlawful to do so. We see, we see in chapter number 11, when Peter came back, the rest of the church chewed him out. How can you go and stay in the house of a, of a Gentile? But Jesus was going to do exactly the same thing, except the guy said, you don't need to come. Just speak the word. And Jesus like, that's cool. That's nice. You know something. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, why should I have to walk another two miles when I can say it from here? Now you believe, now we can operate in that dimension of faith. And he spoke the word and it came to pass. Hallelujah. Let's look at Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, uh, verse 4. So the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And I've been talking about this over and over again because I discovered that so many people do not reverence revere god there is no reverence for god you know one reason why people dress nicely when they go to church is because of an honor that they honor god right if you're going to see a president how do you dress do you wear flip-flops wear your beach clothes some people do that and they do hey hi hi trump now that's dumb dumb that's dumb, dumb. And they don't understand that these things are not right. They think, oh, it's a free world. Everything is free. You can do all these things. There is no fear of God. Once you're coming to the house of God, you're coming to worship God, you should prepare yourself as you're going to see a dignitary. And you should carry an offering with you. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. You should come prepared to honor God. You are not just going to hear somebody talk. It's different. 
The Bible says when two or, two or three are gathered together in his name, in church, meaning that once you come for the purpose of worshiping him, God is present in our midst in a corporate anointing, just different from when you are by yourself. So you need to come with that attitude. The Bible says let your words be few. Don't talk too much in church. It's an act of irreverence. And people don't know that why they don't seem to receive some result. They just talk around, talk, 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 talk. Some are even on their FaceTime, some are on their cell phone, and they miss the word of God. It's lack of the fear of God. Praise God. And these are things that are robbing people of gifts and, and promises and wealth. They pray and pray and pray, but there is no fear of God in their hearts. The Bible says if anywhere in the world, where people would fear God and walk righteousness, they will be received. Many people say, well, we will talk about that. Let's just go ahead. Let's look at Proverbs 22, verse 4. He said, by humility and the fear of God are riches and honor and life. We've been studying humility. Humility and grace. Somebody say Hallelujah. He said, by humility, you humble yourself. You set yourself under divine authority. And the fear of God, of the Lord, you revere God. You, you honor the things that belong to him. That's why you can't eat your tithe. Praise God. He said, but I had a need. Somebody asked me, my cousin comes in and, and doesn't have so much food. All I have is my tithe. Should I eat it? Well, you should honor God first. You should ask your cousin whether he tithes. How did he get to that place where he did that? <laughs> Why he had no food. Now, if people think it's a joke, but that's the truth. Because if you give him your tithe, you're going to be like him in a short time. No food too. And you go and meet somebody else. Now you have two cousins going to meet somebody else. And if he's a dum-dum too, he'll give you his tithe. And you have three cousins now with no food. If you have extra, you should give to him. But God always first. You give God first. It sustains your life. The woman of Zarephath shows us that many other scriptures tells us that God says, give the Lord first. Give, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because of the fear of God. That's what sustains everything else. Hallelujah. I say Hallelujah. You know, there are many scriptures that doesn't sound so wise that God instructed the children of Israel to do, both in the Old Testament and also in the New, that if you don't have the reverence for God, you won't do it. For example, the year of Jubilee, he said that that year there should be no sowing, they shouldn't plant their feet, they shouldn't reap. And that people say, what are we going to eat? You know, there's lockdown now for a couple of weeks. Some people are saying, what are we going to eat? Two weeks, no work, one month, no. God said, don't work for a whole year. Shut down for a whole year. <laughs> so what are we going to eat a whole year? No work? No work? He said, yeah, if you would honor me with that time. He said, I'll make sure that the land produces enough for three years. Not just one year. The land normally was produced for one year. He said, but the land we produce for three years. 
and that you will still be eating the fruit from the previous year on the third year when the land now produces. Because if you stop working the first year, no work, no planting, no reaping, then you have to sow the second year. It's by the third year that the, the land will produce what you sowed in the second year. He said you, you will still be eating what came from the year before you stopped working on the third year when the, new, when the crops you sowed on the second year begins to produce. And then some people say, well, that's easy. Um, I will look at the second year, I will look at the year before the year God says we should not work. If I have three times as much, then simple, I will not sow. Because the year before the year God says you should not sow comes before the year. He says, the year that comes before, he says we produce three. That one comes before the year, he says you should not sow. So it's easy. If I make three times as much, then it's easy for me not to sow. What they don't understand was that God is a God of faith. That means that the person who makes up his heart not to sow in the year of Jubilee will receive three times as much. But the guy who doesn't make up his heart, who does not believe the word of God and has not determined not to sow, that year before the year of Jubilee will not produce three times as much. So God will walk with the person's inclination to determine how the land produces. Let me put it this way in this day of coronavirus. Anyone whose faith is in the Lord, who has determined to serve God, God has already prepared you before the shutdown so that you will have enough so that when this time is over, you will still be eating what you had or the supernatural provision when the place is reopened. But the guy who doesn't honor God, doesn't fear God, may get stuck in the middle of the shutdown. Because God provides like that for those that fear him. Somebody say hallelujah. These are times where your tithes come to work for you. Your offerings. People think it's just, it's dumb. Why will you take one tenth and then bring it to God? Now, let's see whether the jobs can survive, can sustain people who thought it's their job that is supplying their needs. So why some people are enjoying abundance because of the grace of God, some people cannot. Some people cannot because they did not fear God. They did not fear God. So we want to thank God for his grace. Somebody say hallelujah. But the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So your financial wisdom starts when you respect God enough to do what he says. Humility and by humility and the fear of God are riches and honor and life. You're tight. We protect you from coronavirus. <laughs> and then some people say, yeah, what are you saying? People caught coronavirus, they didn't pay their tax. Maybe. <laughs> Go and check. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. Now, you, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not indicting individuals. I'm standing with the word of God. But I'm going to say the word of God is life to those that find and help to all their flesh. He said that anyone who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And none of this pestilence will come nigh you. So the word of God cannot fail. If the person is exposed to it, he must have stepped out of the secret place. Don't make it look like sometimes the word works, sometimes the word of God don't work. We don't know whether. No, God is not like the weatherman who says it's, going, it's not going to rain and it rains. The word of God is true all the time. If you stay in the word of God, you are guaranteed divine protection. 
Say you shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. He said, none of these pestilence will come nigh your dwelling. He said, you will see the evil coming upon the unrighteous. A thousand will fall on one side, ten thousand on the other side. He said, if you not come nigh your dwelling, I rather declare that God is true and everybody is a liar, no matter how it seems. Some people think this is mean. It's not mean, it's just the truth. That's what we cause some people to rev, to fear God, to revere God, to obey God when they understand that God distinguishes between those who fear him and those who don't. Not, not that he, he loves them better. Because they do not fear him, they are not able to receive the grace of God. They have set themselves outside the blessings of God. They don't dwell in the secret place. So they cannot abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So faith has its benefits. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So two things, let's go back again to, to uh, Acts chapter number 10. Two things he says here is required. The fear of God and to walk righteousness. I know that becomes a little sensitive because we have been told and taught correctly that by grace are we saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. But let's go back again to Acts chapter number 10, verse 34 and 35. It says here, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in any, every nation, so this affects anybody anywhere in the world, he that feareth him and walketh righteousness is accepted of him. So two things. You must, he that revere God, fear God, and walks righteousness is accepted by him. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Blessed be the name of God. Hallelujah. 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 I say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory be to God. Tell somebody God is no respecter of persons. Say it again. God is no respecter of persons. Let's maybe we should examine that a little bit more. Let's look at Romans. Romans chapter number three. Romans, hallelujah. No, let's look at Ephesians chapter number three. Hallelujah. Ephesians or Galatians? Which one is it? Ephesians. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter number 3. Ephesians and Galatians are very close, so we can easily move, move from one to the other. Now, I would advise you to read the whole, the whole chapter. Let's just start from verse 1. It says, O foolish Galatians, who had bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Christ Jesus has been as evidently set forth, crucified among you. Uh, this would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you not made perfect in the flesh? Let's stop there. Uh, I'm rushing a little bit, but I think it may be necessary to just back up a little. One of the things we began to study last week, uh, the Bible talks about the fear of God and a perfect heart. He said, I've seen David, a man after my own heart. And we discover that God is not just only looking for physical actions. And that's one of the things that grace teaches us. When he says that, you know, um, he's looking for him that fears God and walks righteousness. The walks of righteousness is not just necessarily 
actions that are just based on, 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 on physical laws. But these are actions that are based on a faith commitment to God. In short, that's why I said the fear of God and the works of righteousness work together, the good together. Anyone who really has reverence for God, there are certain things that that reverence will cause him to do. And someone who does not revere God, doesn't, doesn't honor God, there are things that that lack of honor to God will also cause him to do. So the works the Bible talks about there, the works of righteousness, is not necessarily the works of just thinking that, oh, I obey this commandment, I obey that commandment. These are works of righteousness that comes by faith, or you can say by the fear of God. Hallelujah. And as we study this more and more, I'm sure it becomes clearer to those who don't really understand it yet. So here, Paul was teaching about the difference between the law and faith. And this is very key because one of the things that Jesus was, uh, sorry, that Peter was saying here is that first of all, God is no respecter of persons. And anywhere in the world, past, present, or future, anyone who has a reverence for God, who fears God, and walks righteousness, which means that he has a reverence for God and has a corresponding action that backs off the fact that he, he honors God, the Bible says he will be accepted. That means his faith would produce for him results. So the works of righteousness, the walking of righteousness, are works that come from faith. And that's what I want to try to establish uh, with the next few minutes as we continue. So here the Bible says again from verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth crucified among you. Two, this would I learn of you, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Three, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Four, have ye suffered so many things in vain, or is it yet in vain? 5. He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? That's the question. So how do they do it? People who work miracles, is it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? The answer is by the hearing of faith. The Bible says in the next verse, verse 6, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So don't forget, Peter said, anyone who fears God and works righteousness. So we are beginning to look at how righteousness works. What are the works of righteousness? So first of all, the first work of righteousness starts from reverence to God, believing God. So righteousness in the new covenant, as we understand it in the new covenant, which is the same thing that in the old, they just didn't understand it, is that you have to Trust God enough to do what God says. That's very simple, but that's one of the most accurate definitions of faith and righteousness. You believe God enough, you, do, you believe what God says enough to do what he says. In the old covenant, righteousness was in obedience of God's law. But you can discover that it was not just in the act of the obedience that their righteousness really started from. It's in their trusting God in their heart. That God is who he said he is and that God deserves obedience. That God wants us to do what 
he wants us to do. Now, I won't have time to show, to show those verses of scriptures. The Bible talks about certain kings whose actions were not perfect towards God, but their heart was perfect towards him. And there were other kings whose, who did things that were right, but their heart was not perfect towards God. And guess the one that God took or God honored, God preferred. The ones whose hearts were perfect towards him, even though their actions were not necessarily perfect. Why? Because the guy was willing to do what he knew to do. He had a heart that wanted to serve God. Even though he may have missed certain things in his actions, he may not have obeyed all the laws, but he had a reverent heart. There was a fear of God in his heart. And that's why it's so important to start from the fear of God. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Jesus was teaching, it's, it's like people can obey God with their actions, but their hearts are far from him. They begin to do traditions and religion, but they are really not doing it to honor God. They are doing it in a way that they, they prefer, the one that satisfies their flesh. That is not the reverence for God. So it's possible for somebody to obey commandments, which is not naturally possible to obey all ten, uh, or all the commandments of the Old Testament. But you can actually have that show, and yet the person's heart is far. So the first place to start is in the heart. And it starts from your reverence to the Word of God. How do you treat God's Word? How do you receive God's Word? The Bible says that people, people tremble at the Word of God, which means that they, they, they respect God's Word so seriously that anything God says, they are ready to do it like the way God says it. And today, people who act like that way, other people call them fanatics. So you are so fanatical. If God says, don't do this, you mean you shouldn't do it? I heard a former president talk about the word of God in such ridicule. So God says that if, if in the Old Testament, uh, if, if, if a child uh, disobeys the parents, you should stone him. That's not godly. He laughed at it. That's, 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 that's irreverence. Now, thank God those laws have been changed. But if we're in the Old Testament and the child dishonors the father, what ought we to do? Stone the child. Stone him to death. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> it, it's not a matter whether people think it's right or wrong. God says that's what needs to be done. You don't like it. You don't feel like doing it. But you do what God says. One of the problems that um, Saul had God said, go to the Amalekites. Say, kill everyone. Kill the children. Kill the animals. Then he got there and reasoned with his generals. Which is better? To give God a big sacrifice of these animals or to just slaughter them? They thought, let's give God a sacrifice. God will be happy. But the prophet came and said, obedience is better than sacrifice. To yield than the fat of ram. So it's not just the external act. They think they were doing something good. They were bringing a big sacrifice for God. But it's not according to the word of God. They did not fear God. There was no reverence of God in their heart. And so much that when uh, uh, Samuel came and said, listen, you missed it. 
Saul was more concerned about the way he looked. He said, please, stay with me. Make a sacrifice with me so that these people will not turn around and think that God has forsaken me. And even though Samuel refused, he tore Samuel's clothes because he was trying to grab a hold. Then eventually Samuel turned around, made the sacrifice with him, but said, look, the kingdom has left your hand. Praise God. The kingdom has left your hand. Because there was no reverence for God. He was more concerned about what people say. Popularity decisions and opinion is not necessarily God's opinion. Sometimes you need to stand out of the crowd where everybody is saying, this is right. Can't you see? Everybody is saying. That's not necessarily what God is saying. You have to find out what God says. And if you are the only one that's saying the right thing, then say the right thing. Praise God. Say it with a smile and with boldness. Sometimes it may even mean standing on popular positions with the government. It happened too many times in scriptures. They said to the, to the, to the children of Israel while they were in captivity, no one should bow down to any other God except the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego continued to pray and worship the Most High God. And they refused to bow down to the golden image. They said in the days of, of, of Daniel too, no one should pray to any other god except to the king. They shut down prayers. <laughs> but the Bible says Daniel will open his window and pray three times a day as he had prayed in the past. He didn't stop his services. And the penalty was not fine. It was chop-chop for lions. I was going to be fed to the lions. And he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't stop him. He didn't tell people don't honor the king. But he feared God. What am I saying? People don't fear God. They think it's just okay to just do whatever without consulting what God says. And many times it's because of self-preservation. What do I, how do I feel? What affects me? What do I like? The number one thing is not, what does the word of God say? How do we honor God in this situation? What is number one? It's not how you feel. It's not what the government says. Number one is what God says. I know some people get threatened by messages like this. Some even people in government get stressed in these people would not respect the Constitution if they think it, it disobeys or goes against the Word of God. The answer is yes. Because the Word of God is supreme over any Constitution in any country. Hallelujah! I say hallelujah! Alright, let's continue. Galatians chapter number uh, 3. <laughs> let's for time. Let's skip to verse um, let's just continue. Verse 6, Even as Abraham believed God, it was an accounted to him for righteousness. 7, Know ye therefore that they which are faith, the same are the children of Abraham. 8, And the scriptures, foreseeing that God will justify the hidden, true faith, preached before the gospel to Abraham. Now this is very important, very important. I won't have enough time to go as fast as I want to go. So, the gospel had already been preached to Abraham, 
And the gospel was saying that God was going to justify the heathen by faith. So before Moses came, the message of faith had already been there. That God justifies people by faith. Abraham had no law. Abraham grew up in, 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 in idol worship. What separated him was his faith. And God was teaching him that he justifies people by faith. The works of righteousness are the works of faith. Righteousness is an act of trusting God and doing what he says because you believe in him. And so Abraham already had the gospel preached to him. The law came after. So the gospel of faith and righteousness by faith came through Abraham. It has been there, but it, became, it was revealed through Abraham. Now if you begin to read the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that Faith is the substance of things hoped for, Hebrews 11.1, 1, and the evidence of things not seen. He said, by these the elders obtained a good report. So faith had already always been there. The Bible said, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So faith did not come just in the new covenant. The new covenant was a manifestation of the promise that was given to Abraham. But everybody who got justified in the Old Testament was not justified because they obeyed certain written laws. It was they were justified because of their faith. And faith means they heard the word of God, they revered, they feared God, they honored him, and they believed him enough to do what he said. That's what God always responds to. That's what the word of God responds to. The Bible says without faith you can't please God. And God gave us examples of works of faith. Works of faith, which is the same thing as the works of righteousness. The Bible says Abel offered God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So while Abel was preparing his fluffy, you know, the big, big, big uh, sheep with all the, the first and the best, Cain did not care so much. He's just like, what do I bring to church today? Well, where's that yam that we threw down that way? You know, God doesn't eat, God doesn't eat yam. So let's carry yam. And went there and just, just offered anything to God. And the Bible says because Abel honored God, his faith was regarded as righteousness, was seen, and his offering went to God. So it makes a difference whether you whether you a fear of God in anything you do. The Bible talks about other people. Hebrews 11 talked about Noah. Noah was a man who God asked, you know, to build an ark. So how, what did he do? It was not because he obeyed thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt No. The Bible said because he obeyed God. When everybody was laughing at him, people did not know what it meant to build an ark. People did not understand that there was going to be a rain. But God told him, the earth is going to be destroyed. Build an ark. Get your family in it because something is going to happen. And he obeyed God. And for years, hundreds of years he was building an ark people made ridicule of him and the bible said that action that he obeyed god trusted god's word in the midst of ridicule in the midst of people not believing him he continued to do what god said god counted it for righteousness that is the work of righteousness that is the work of righteousness the work of faith bible talks about moses how that even though he had the chance to become the son of a king, he chose to be a slave because he understood that God's grace was upon the Jews, not the Egyptians. And because he trusted God and he chose what it looked like rags instead of riches, because he honored God, God counted it for righteousness. And the scriptures goes from one to the other. Others were people who stood against armies. Gideon, 300 men. The people say that's a suicide squad, but he believed God. 
trusted that God was able to give him the land. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were ready to be born to creeps because they believed God. These are works of faith. These are works of righteousness. So when the Bible says that any nation, anywhere, people who trust God, who fear God, and walk righteousness, it's not just talking about obeying certain laws. It's talking about responding to the word of God in faith, doing what God says you should do in spite or in the midst of challenges. Those are works of righteousness. And that's what God is calling us to do, even in this last day. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. But let's go to the part about God doesn't discriminate. Let's keep for time. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Whew. I wish we read the whole chapter, but it says, verse 26, For we are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized unto Christ have put on Christ. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Somebody say hallelujah. So God does not distinguish between race. When it comes to the principles of faith and works of righteousness, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. Amen. Amen. The Jesus was actually teaching that some people who were not sons of Abraham in the flesh, they will sit with Abraham on the throne. Why those who were supposed to be sons of Abraham will be cast out and they will be weeping and gnashing of gums. Some people won't have teeth. Praise God. <laughs> I heard that for someone, the pastor was preaching that on that day they would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. An elderly woman that was there said, thank God I have no teeth. (laughs) (laughs) So they would be weeping and gnashing of gums as well. Even if you don't have teeth. Hallelujah. So God is no respecter of persons. It doesn't respect the Jews more than the Gentiles. If a Gentile will believe God, he will enter the inheritance faster than a Jew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And here, God is no respecter of Jews nor Gentiles, neither black nor white. If a black man obeys the word of God, he will be just as blessed and triumphant and prosperous than any white or any green or any yellow that obeys the word of God. Any nation. It doesn't matter. The word works everywhere. That's why people should not be trying to run to where they think there's prosperity. They should be running to where the word of God says. They should be running to the word of God. Because you can prosper anywhere. It's actually an act of unbelief to think you have to travel to prosper. Somebody say amen. Amen. I never had that thought. If God sends you to go, then you go. You go where God says. But if you are going because you think that's where there is a greener land, you have left the greener, greenery of the world. And you're searching for it outside. And that was the error of Lot. The Bible says, Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the green land and thought that was where he, he was going to prosper. And even though Abraham was the one that was called, Abraham gave him the choice to choose. And instead of him to say, Abraham, you are the Lord. You are the one I'm following. You choose first. Wherever you ask me to go, I would go. You, the anointing is not in where I go. The anointing is where the, where the Spirit of God says we should go. Show me where you think I should go. He quickly looked and picked the place that looked, looked like it was richer. But in a few years, what happened to him? Empty, poor, not even his children survived out of that place. 
because he was looking for a green land. And that's what many people do. I've seen people who are left where God had asked them to be. They traveled to where God did not send them. And there they lost their finances. They lost their family. They lost their health because they were looking for green pastures. That's an act of unbelief. Now it's true God can lead you to some places and you should go. Maybe a nice place. Oftentimes, God looks for the one who doesn't even think they should go and say, you are the one going. The one who is saying, I have to go there, I have to go there. God said, no, you are going to Akpanigogo village. Because you, you refuse to believe. You need to learn the, the secret of humility. <laughs> and the one who says, Lord, anywhere you want me to go, I'll go. Just even this village, as far as it's honor, you say, yes, you are going to the top. You are going to the White House. Somebody say, Hallelujah. By humility and the fear of God is riches and honor. But people who are always struggling to do what they feel in the flesh, dishonoring God, even when they get money, many times they lose their soul in the process. They are called poor rich men, poor men with money. They don't have real money. Their soul is lost. There's no peace. There's no joy. That's the reason why many of them are on substance, because what they are looking for with money, they discover money cannot survive, cannot provide. So they, they, need, they need drugs to sleep, drugs to wake up, drugs to remind them to take drugs. And that's not the life. Their family is in shambles. There's no peace. People laugh, celebrate them in public, but they go home and cry and cry. That's not the kind of success God wants us to have. So you need to have the, the kind that God says. The blessing of the Lord that what? Make it rich. And adds no travail, no crying, no sorrow, no biting of finger, no swearing, no cursing, no sickness. Just joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Full of glory. And this comes by honoring God. This comes by honoring God. The Bible says in, in Psalm 37, uh, 35 or 37, he said, don't, he said, don't be moved when unrighteous people look, in, look like they are prospering. He said they grow up like the green bell tree. He said people are looking at them, they think they are doing well. He said, no, no. Also in Psalm 78, he said they are set on slippery places. He said suddenly they are consumed. He said, but mark the righteous man. Hallelujah. He said the end of that man is good. It's good. It's good. So it's not the sweep, not the one who rushes, the one people who clap at, that's necessarily making it. The one who, who makes it at the expense of his family, at the expense of his health. That's not good success. The one who does it the way of God, the Bible says, he adds no sorrow. He adds no sorrow. He adds no sorrow to it. He adds no sorrow. Somebody say hallelujah. So God is no respecter of persons. He's not also a respecter of, 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 of sex. He's not, he doesn't respect male or female. Bible says there's neither male nor female. So a woman or a man who will honor God, fear God and walk righteousness will receive the blessing that God says belongs to them. I know some cultures still try to oppress women, call women secondary citizens, not in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the name of God. Any woman who will fear God, who will respect God, and all in there in the scriptures. Some people don't say women are not supposed to be ministers. What about people like Deborah? The Bible calls her a prophetess. There were some who ruled. Hallelujah. Gloria. I say hallelujah. Gloria. Bible talks about the queen of Sheba. There are people who ruled in scripture. Women. 
in, in, in military positions, who destroyed generals with wisdom. It was a general that was escaping from the army of Israel. And this woman came, gave, gave him milk and caused him to sleep. And took a peg and won, and won the battle for Israel. Somebody say hallelujah. So it's important that we understand God is no respecter of person. Anyone who will fear God, male or female, black or white, Asian or Hispanic, if you believe the word of God, the word of God will work for you. Work for you just like it works for anybody else. The Bible says in any nation, anyone who will fear God and walk righteousness is accepted by him. Somebody say hallelujah. So the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The reverence for the things of God. And the works of righteousness is the work of faith. The Bible says that righteousness is by faith. Hallelujah. Let's look at a few more verses in Scripture and we'll pray tonight. Um, there's so much more in these verses of Scripture, but the Holy Ghost teaches us all things. We guide us unto all truths. Amen. Let's look at James, James chapter number 2. So, faith without corresponding action is dead. So, one of the challenges we are also having today is that people say, well, it's by grace, through faith. We don't need any action. You just believe. You leave. You curse. You lie. You steal. You just, you just declare the fact that you are, you are walking by faith. And then it doesn't matter. That's not true. It's true that the Bible says that it's not by the works of the law, but faith has its own works. Faith without the right kind of works is not complete faith. Faith is not complete without corresponding action. The Bible says, verse 1, My brethren, have not the faith of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with respect of persons. So we started with respect of persons again. Hallelujah. So he says that if you do this with a mindset that is very conscious about positions and, and personalities, you cannot have faith in God. Now, I wish I had more time to this. The Bible actually tells us that it's one of the, one of the things we see in the la last days. People would have undue honor, undue deference to men is a serious thing. Now, God tells us to respect authority, but not without looking at the word of God. Not that you now put people in pedestia that is not godly. Hallelujah. So, the Bible says we are all the same. In righteousness and in holiness. By faith in Christ Jesus. Now, people are put in authority to lead. But we respect them for their office. But they are not gods in comparing to, comparison to others. We are all gods as sons of God. That's what the Bible says we read. We are now all the sons of God. It does not matter what... Hallelujah. Whether you are male or female. Right? right? It's no matter whether you are you have been a Christian for a long time. Yes. Let me ask this question. 
How many people are men of God? Who is a man of God? Anybody who is born again. I don't know people say, you can't talk to men. Any born again Christian is a man of God. Right? We are, we are sons. We are all sons of God. And everyone in the church has the same level of grace accorded to us. Now, there are graces accorded to offices and authorities and responsibilities, but we are all sons of God. It doesn't matter the, the age, it doesn't matter the race or the class. And that's why the Bible says we shall be, you should be careful not to accord to people more than is due. In short, one of the reasons why the Bible says that Paul had thorns in the flesh was so that he doesn't exalt himself beyond what was necessary. Or people should not exalt him more, think of him more highly than they ought to think. Praise God. So we have to be wise to stay in the balance, not to humiliate ourselves below what God says we are and not to exalt ourselves beyond what God says we are. And exalting ourselves is in comparison to other believers. Hallelujah. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Verse 1, chapter number 2, verse 1. He said, My brethren, have not the faith of God, Jesus, the Lord of glory, with respects of persons, for if there come unto you an assembly man with a gold ring in goodly apparel. Let me just add in bracket. Who gives big offerings? And there come also a poor man in environment. <laughs> and ye respect to him that weareth the gay clothes. Say unto him, you sit here in good, in good place. And say to the poor man, stand there thou, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and am become judges of evil thoughts? I don't agree with putting people in pedestra because they are rich. Or because they give large sums. I thought somebody was going to say amen. <laughs> now, you celebrate everybody. Like I say, you can't really tell who is the highest giver. Because somebody gives a million dollars and somebody gives a hundred, doesn't mean the one who gave a million gave more. Now, physical amount, yes, but as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, it's not just the amount that determines who gives the more. So if you honor the one who gave a million, hey, 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 you gave a million, you gave a million. Now, the person who gave a hundred may have given more because he gave a hundred percent of what he has. So we have to watch this area of respect of person. Somebody say hallelujah. But for time, let's keep. We're already really, really gone on time. Let's just keep and go to the last few verses. Let's start here at verse 17. James 2, 17. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yeah, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I'll show you, show thee my faith by my works. 19. Thou believest that there is one God that doeth well. The devils also believe and tremble. Let's stop, 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 stop. The devil do what? 
The devil believes. The devils believe. So say, all you need to do is just believe. Once you believe, you have just become like a devil because the devil already got to that point. <laughs> Believing is not all. It's a major part. But the devils even do that. That does not make them saved. Some of them even have a corresponding action. They tremble. But that's not the kind of corresponding action God wants us to have. Some people believe. They don't tremble. There's no fear of God. Verse 19 again. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. It's a good thing to believe. He said the devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Continue. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he, was, when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seeing that, thou, seeing that how faith wrought with his works and by works was his faith made perfect. Now this is interesting because again we don't have too much time because people, you know, when the Bible says faith without works is dead, then someone say, does that not contradict Ephesians 2 which says by grace are we saved through faith and not of works least any man would boast. So if God says not of works, how come he's saying faith without works? Now we need to qualify what works is talking about. So when he says faith uh, without works is dead, he's talking about faith without the works of faith, without corresponding action of faith. In Ephesians 2, when he says that it's by grace we are saved through faith, not of works, he's talking about works of the flesh, works of the law, trying to use the law as the means by which you are justified. So works itself does not just mean all works. We have to distinguish between the works of faith and the works of the law. So it says faith without the works of faith is dead. And yet, in the same way, grace, by grace are we saved, not of the works of the law, but it's a gift of God. So people have thought there are no works in, included in faith, but there is the corresponding action of faith. Let's continue. And the scripture was fulfilled. We said Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith alone. Likewise also was not Rahab the high lord justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. So he's not talking about trying to now go to the law and trying to do what the commandments say to have faith. Now the truth is that the Bible says that if you walk by grace and faith, you will fulfill the law. The law will be done in your action because the whole point of the law is love and the new covenant law which we are required to obey is the law of love. And once you are walking in that law, there will be no law against you. In short, the old covenant, you will exceed the expectation of the old covenant. You are not doing that just because you are trying to obey the physical laws, but the love of God, the faith of God, the reverence of God, the fear of God will cause you to do the word of God so much that you will exceed the righteousness of the old covenant. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So what am I saying again? Let's go back to Acts 10. We'll conclude again with that verse. Anyone in every nation who fears God and works righteousness shall be accepted of him. 
if you read first john first john 3 the bible says that anyone who is born of god cannot continue in sin if you continue in sin it means that there's a problem with your salvation the bible says in, in romans 6 can we continue in sin that grace may abound say god forbid don't you know that anyone who is baptized unto his death is baptized unto the death of jesus and as just as jesus was raised from the dead we have the newness of life so if you believe that you were buried with him in baptism which means if your faith is intact that same faith will cause you to stop living in sin because you realize that your old nature has been crucified with christ so you're no longer walking in the flesh. If you continue to walk in the flesh, that means that your faith is not intact. Because that same faith is not just to get things. It starts by helping you live right. Faith is supposed to help you walk in righteousness. The Bible says you perfect holiness in the fear of God. That's a New Testament scripture. So because there is no fear of God, people don't revere God. They don't pursue the works of faith, which is righteousness. The works of righteousness, which comes by faith. They don't pursue it. But that's not what God expects us to be in this new covenant. Somebody say hallelujah. So in the new covenant, there is the fear of God. Amen. Reverence. You respect God's word. Bible says that people tremble at the word. It means they, they take the word of God more important than their daily food. You wake up in the morning, you rejoice at the word of God as someone who has found great spoil. These are the people that the word works for. These are the ones who are, who are able to enjoy the benefits of the word of God. You know, I'm saying all of these also because in times like this, People say, where is God? How come? Oh, believers, many are suffering. It's as if the word of God doesn't work. I mean, you just let's just hope. And when somebody comes and says, listen, if you walk by the word of God, God guarantees you divine health, prosperity. People say, yeah, right. You are saying it as if all the people who are suffering are not obeying God. But if you go to the nitty-gritty of the matter, you discover not too many really following the word of God. Not too many believe God's word. Many read the word of God just for, just for a good feeling. And then they pursue the natural life. They, the Bible says, if you continue to sin willfully, then there is no more sacrifice for sin, but a fearful condemnation that comes on the children of disobedience. You can't have the word of God and just continue to live in sin. Continue to rebel against the word of God in your action. And just expect, oh, I'm walking in grace. It doesn't matter how I live. That's a deception. One of the proof of faith is walking righteousness. You want to live right. Now, you may not be there yet. Paul said, I don't count myself to be perfect. There may be still be areas that you may be failing. But because you love God, you want to live right. You're pursuing righteousness. Your heart is counted to you for righteousness. But if you know and you willfully come commit sin and you willfully go against the word of God, you're walking in dangerous grounds. What's happening is that the Bible says that people get hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And people who continue that way, their hearts become hardened and they find it difficult to believe. And even though they are confessing, 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 there is nothing happening in their heart because they are seared their conscience as with a rod iron. And that's why people keep talking and talking. There is no result because their faith is not functioning right. And it has to do with the way they have responded to the word of God. So we have to keep our heart tender towards God's word.
Hallelujah. When God says, go and apologize. You don't reason it away. Right? You know, it's not just the big, big things I'm talking about. Not just the stealing, the killing. God, just tell you, go apologize. Repent. Tell that brother you're sorry. Tell your husband I was wrong. Or tell your wife I made a mistake. Forgive me. Say, no. Hmm. His head will become big. And yes, that's what he said. And you don't know that you are dumb. You You are dulling your sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. Because he that hears more will be given. He that has. If you refuse and keep resisting the Holy Ghost, you become dull of hearing. And that's where many people are. Because they have not yielded to the Holy Spirit. But again, my message this tonight is that if you would fear God, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. If you revere God, if you honor Him, if you will walk the righteousness, the right things, irrespective of how you feel. The blessings of God will pursue you. Amen. Will overtake you. Amen. You will live in a, in a kingdom bubble. Somewhere say hallelujah. Sickness will not come nigh your dwelling. You will say there is a lifting up and people will be lifted up because of your words. You shine as light in a dark world. You will be, you'll be lifted up. Your life will be like the breaking of dawn. Shining brighter and brighter. It will not be like the yo-yo. One time up, the other time down. You don't know whether it's going to happen. It will go from one degree of glory to another. That is the promise for the righteous. And God has given it to us easily in the New Testament. Believe in the Lord Jesus. He will take away the heart of stone. Give us a new heart. Give us the Holy Ghost that will guide us, that will teach us, that will show us. So our responsibility is to be born again and follow the leading of the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And once we do that with all our hearts, we're walking in righteousness. And all of the promises, not some, not most, not the most important, all of the promises, the Bible says they will pursue us and overtake us. It's time to shine. Somebody say, hallelujah! It's time to arise. People would see the glory of God upon us as we align ourselves. Now, it doesn't always happen overnight. That's why sometimes some people give up. Yeah, yeah, he has been giving his tithes and offerings. He's been believing God, confessing nothing. It's it looks like it's changing. The Bible says some people mock that way. But the Bible says, wait and see. Short time, people would see the glory. Amen. It will arise. I've been there. I was there when people mocked. People mocked at me. I said, hey, you're going to church every day. You graduate. You're not even pursuing a good career. What kind of job do you have? You're just preaching. All everybody is taking, taking all the things at home to church. I mean, look at you. You can't even afford a good car. Laughed at me for years. I'm laughing now. <laughs> Praise God. Now, now the question is, how are you doing it? How many children? You're at peace. You can take care of them. You can, tra- you can carry all of them to Disney World. <laughs> Travel around the world with a large family. How are you doing it? What I said then, <laughs> stay in the word of God. Believe what he says. Do what he says. Don't be in a rush. Don't, 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 don't sweat it. Don't follow the crowd. Follow the word of God. It may not happen overnight, but your future is guaranteed to be good. It will keep you from sickness and disease. 
It will keep you from the heartbreaks. It will keep you from the trouble that is in the world. When the Bible says that we should count ourselves worthy to avoid tribulation, it's not just talking about rapture. You will avoid tribulation in this time. You will be, you will be separated. <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah! I say hallelujah. He said you will see it from afar. It will come near you. Because God will put a spiritual field, force field around you. There's a shield of faith. People think the shield of faith is a small sheet that the Roman soldiers used to carry. No, if you read that word, it's, the, it's a sheet that covers you from head to toe, surrounds you. It's more like invisible woman in fantastic force shield, that kind of shield. If you don't know, go watch one. No, no, I'm not advertising for that. Fantastic force shield. That's the kind of sheet the Bible describes. It will keep you away from evil. And it's fun when you are living that way. Advan- there's, there's adventure all the time. There's blessing. Peace. You, are, you fear nothing. At worst, you appear in heaven. Somebody say, hallelujah. And there's no evil that can come now your dwelling. We're going to give our offering today and our tithes. I want to remind you again that one of the best ways to indicate, to show your reverence for God is in your giving. Bible says that Abraham believed God and we see it when he offered his only son on the cross. Hallelujah. Praise the name of God. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 1130 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.